top 100 spiritual existential questions about life and the afterlife. Welcome to the afternoon edition of the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Jacob Cooker, but my friends call me Cub, and you should call me Cub too. This is an awesome community. If you've never joined us here, we've got a brilliant community here of open-minded people, like-minded people. Uh, they really just want to dig in and understand uh, the nature of existence, faith, spirituality, and the realm of paranormal. And that's exactly what we do every day here on the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. So if you're here with an open mind, we don't care what walk of faith, orientation, race, religion you are, it does not matter. Uh, again, as long as you're here with respect and love and light. We've got some great questions today. I'm going to be going through the top 100 questions that... We all have about the spiritual realm, about spirituality and faith and even paranormal things here. So uh, this morning we talked about the chakras and clearing out the seven demons from Mary Magdalene. If you haven't caught that episode, go back, check it out. It's over on YouTube as well as Facebook uh, and Spotify and Apple and all the good all the goods over there. You can also find all of my content links to all the social medias as well as how to support this content over at www.cubcooker.com. Uh, and if you click on the merch tab and you like all the artwork that I do, you can get 40% off right now by using the code clearance, all caps, clearance. So you guys that have been asking to get the shirts at a discount, go check it out right now. And we've got some brand new artwork that's going to be replacing it. More of the graphic novel style uh, because I'm a storyteller and I love to tell stories. Uh, and I want to make sure that makes it onto uh, the merch that we have to really bring those stories to life. So, is the universe eternal? Is the universe not eternal? Is the universe finite? Are the soul and the body the same? Are the soul and the spirit the same? Will those that are enlightened be reborn after death? Will the enlightened not be reborn after death and actually go to the great spirit? Will the enlightened one both be reborn and not be reborn after death? These are deep, deep question, guys. Um, thank you very much. Uh, Fancy Pants says that background is amazing. Uh, Merle Cantrell says, thanks for the invite. I'm ready for my daily fruit. Thank you very much for being here. I appreciate you guys. Um, also, the Bhagavad Gita answers a lot of existential questions. The Bible answers a lot of existential questions. Buddhism, um, Islam, it doesn't matter, guys. You, you, there. All of these are attempts to answer existential questions. They are people's actual experience of their gods. They are people's actual experience of life and whatever happens after life. Uh, metaphysical, spiritual, mental. All of these things are included in these ancient texts. And I absolutely love them. I've been reading the Bhagavad Gita right now. This is an incredible translation. This is going to be in the book uh, the book reading list that I have over on my website as well. I really like this translation because it starts out beautifully. And I want to actually read from the very beginning of this. This is the Bhagavad Gita. It's by Eknath uh, Eswarn. I hope I'm saying that right. In the very, very beginning, just the foreword on this not uh, is... Yeah, the foreword is is beautiful, and the quotes in here is this is the essence of what we're talking about here. You know, this background you you've got a spiritual background, but you've also got graves in here. 
Um, and so I just want to take everybody there today as we think about this, especially nearing Halloween. We see all of these concepts really unfold around Halloween and we find ourselves thinking a lot more of the cradle to the grave type mentality. And then immediately we're in November and now we're going to be thankful and then we're going to move towards Christmas and we're going to think about Jesus or think about festivals or Hanukkah or those type of things uh, or whatever you might celebrate around that time. But it's what a mind bending experience, especially here in the West, when we go straight from Halloween literally thinking about the afterlife to immediately being thankful that we're even still here, then immediately moving into festivals in the heart of winter, uh, trying to be jovial and be with family and then recover from all of that. Uh, what questions are literally existential? There, There's a question. That's a literally existential question right there. Here's a few more questions. Why is there evil in the world? Is Jesus really God? Do all religions lead to God? What's going to happen to those people in the world who've never heard about Jesus? That's a question directly from a Christian-based website. Now, again, I grew up Christian. Um, I am what you might consider uh, a universal deist. I believe in uh, the, the one infinite existence, God, the Father, Source, Universe, uh, the divine mind, whatever you want to call it, that thing that animates everything, that miracle that we even call life and consciousness, that God, that's what I believe in. And I believe that people that walked this earth like Christ or Yeshua, like Buddha, like Krishna, had that Christ energy, the logos, the divinity of God, if, you hear, if you've ever read the Bible verses, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and nothing was created that was not created through the Word. And then you hear that Christ is the Word. Well, if you look up the translation of the Word there, it's not just spoken Word. It actually means the divine computation. The divine computation. Um, the divine computation or the divine expression. So uh, these are some really interesting topics to get into as we get in here and so that's kind of what I'm going to do is expand everyone's consciousness today including my own and I'm going to read from the very beginning of this book like I said I'll have it over at cubcooker.com under the uh, must read book list so the very beginning of this uh, this translation of the Bhagavad Gita starts out with a beautiful foreword by Eknath uh, Iswarn forgive me if I said that wrong uh, it says, imagine a vast hall in Anglo-Saxon, uh, and, and imagine a vast hall in Anglo-Saxon England, not long after the passing of King Arthur. It is the dead of winter and a fierce snowstorm rages outside, but a great fire fills the space and the hall with the warmth and light. Now and then a sparrow darts in for refuge from the weather. It appears as if from nowhere. It flits about joyfully in the light and then disappears again. And where it comes from and where it goes next in the stormy darkness, we do not know. Our lives are like that, suggests an old story by Bade's Medieval History of England. We spend our days in a familiar world with our five senses, but what lies beyond that, if anything, we have no idea. Those sparrows are hints of something more outside, a vast world, perhaps waiting to be explored. But most of us are happy to stay 
where we are. We may even be a bit afraid to venture into the unknown. What would be the point, we ask? Why should we leave the world we know? Yet there are always a few who are not content to spend their lives indoors, simply knowing that there is something unknown beyond their reach makes them acutely restless. They have to see what lies outside, if only, as George Malroy says, of Everest, because it's there. That is the nature of existentialism, Mark, as Mark is asking, asking, what is the beyond? What is the beyond? That is the nature of existentialism. What, what do we have to have to exist or not exist? Well, what is after existence? What would it be like to not exist? What would it be like to exist further than we do now? What would it be like to exist more connected and more one than we are now? These are the questions, guys, and all of these documents that we read on the show, all of the concepts we talk about, all of the tactics we try are all attempting to answer these eternal and existential questions of why am I here? What does it all mean? And a lot of people in the comments come in with an I know attitude. And I promise you guys, you will never find the answers you're looking for with that attitude. If you think you know, then you probably don't. Because in my experience and working with the masters I've worked with, I'm starting to understand that the best attitude is I don't know, but I want to experience. God is something to experience, not to know of. We can know of him all day long, but if we don't experience him and actually commune with him, not through attempts through certain memorized prayers or certain documentation or doctrine or dogma, but rather through an actual understanding of who we are because of him. That is a whole different level, guys, and that's what I want to talk about today, this idea of cradle to the grave. I think there's like a, a, a rock band by that name or something from the 90s, but it's been stuck in my head all day. And so as we get into these ideas, there's, there's tons more questions here. Is there any real right and wrong? Why do I exist? What is my purpose in life? Does my life really matter? Is there a real hell and why would a loving God send anyone there? These are, I mean, these are fantastic questions, guys. Uh, and I'm going to keep going down these because some of them are from Christian websites. Some of them for Hindu. Some of them are from Buddhist. Some of them are just from Quora, like the questions that people ask. And so you probably have your own top 100 questions that can probably be boiled down to a handful of them. But it's really easy when we just start thinking about this to come up with literally hundreds. That's why I named this top 100. Am I going to read out 100 or are we going to address 100 here? No, we're going to address 100. I'm not going to read out 100. You have your own questions. Collectively, we're going to have 100. Uh, pause says, so he's a concept, a way of living, but not real. Is he real to you? Is he real to you? I can't make him real to you. He's only real to you. If you make him real to you, 
that's the scariest thing of all guys here is that you decide the navigation of your life. You decide who you serve. You des- you decide what to manifest God as. Now he is everything. He is all, but each of us have our own manifestation of him. Some people literally serve him as a little bearded man, more of a yogi on a cloud. Some people serve him literally as a divine intelligence. Some people serve him as a universe or serendipity. Some people have an intimate relationship with him and have walked with him and just known him as this part of themselves since they were a kid. And that's my story, guys. I got so messed up when I was trying to find God through all these scriptures, through all these old stories, rather than know him as I know him. And one of the biggest problems we all face as a society is when someone steps in and tries to define God for us. And by the way, when you talk to most agnostics and atheists, we have a lot on this channel. One of their biggest issues with it is it's been defined in these ways and I don't agree with the way it's been defined. So if God is one and God is all, then can we not define him how we want to define him? And I say we can. I say that he has no issue with us defining him the way that we define him. Now he always wants to take us deeper into that. He, she, it, they, whatever you want to call it, the divinity. I believe the Father, the Mother, and the Son. That's how I manifest it in my heart. That's how it makes sense to me. And this entity, this being that I knew from the time I was a child, I remember being on a swing set in the backyard. And we didn't have a swing set like most kids have. We had a huge elm tree. We live out in West Texas. And when trees grow here, let me tell you, they grow. And we had this rope swing that was made from a regular swing, but it had these big nylon ropes tied to it. And so the swing would like conform to, you know, whatever your shape was and hug you perfectly. It was almost like you're strapped into this thing. Um, do, do you think the most high respects your thoughts? Absolutely. When they're his thoughts, because remember we're connected to a divine intelligence. A lot of what I share on here is downloads guys. This is not just inherently something that I'm like, I've gained all this book knowledge and I'm going to sit here and, and spit it out. Um, when you align yourself with the father's will and you share in the mind of Christ, then your thoughts become transcendent of your brain transcendent of your own head your own knowledge you become a communer with the spirit with the beyond with the christ uh and it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing i don't always know what to say when i start these things and yet the father steps in every time there's a consciousness bigger than me we share one together right here this whole community and there's some beautiful things that happen through that. Uh, limiting factors. One of the things we do here as a team is we are transcending. The first part of team is the T, to transcend limiting beliefs. Uh, a vessel says your belief will get you what you need, not what you want. Make no mistake. That is true. That is absolutely true. Um, and when our wants are aligned with our actual needs and with the father's will, that's when true manifesting happens. 
if we want a million dollars but we don't need it, we're not going to manifest it because we know that there's no need there and our higher mind connected to the Father is not going to manifest that. But if we need that for some source, some reason that serves into bringing the kingdom of God forth through us, and I'm not talking about building churches or whatever, stuff like that. I'm talking about the esoteric kingdom of God. I'm talking about the one that's within each of us where that kingdom, the entire universe is happening inside each of us at all moments, as well as everywhere out there. And in fact, we're happening everywhere out there as well. There's no difference between me and the farthest star in the universe or the galaxies. There's no difference between me and you either. We are one. We are all made of the same things. And by the way, we are all the same consciousness experiencing itself in much different ways all around the globe and the galaxies. And once we start to realize that, we hit a transcendent place of consciousness. And it's a brand new, beautiful place to be that humanity's honestly forgotten about. And it was the message that Christ brought us. If you think his thoughts, then you know his true name. Sure. Sure. I'm not saying I think his thoughts perfectly. I know Christ did. I'm not there. And that's a beautiful thought. Absolutely. And I don't need to know his true name to know his true nature. And by the way, if I knew his true name right now and said it out loud, it might unalive me immediately. That's how powerful it is. Because that's a word that may never be able to be on the lips of a human creature. As we've talked about with the whole Yald Bayoth series and Yahweh series, if you didn't catch that, go check it out. It's fantastic. Especially part two. It's pinned up on the YouTube channel. Highly, highly recommend it. But we're getting into some deep stuff, guys. And you you have the questions as much as I do. As much as I do. Uh, and one of the hardest things for all of us is to ask these questions and not have answers. A Vessel says, but without his true name, you are lost. Who By whose authority? Who says that? Where does it say that? By what way do you know that? So when we read, read the Gospels, we read his thoughts because Jesus came to reflect him. Absolutely. Uh, dark ones, that's exactly why I'm a big proponent of reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Because the words of Christ are there, at least what we have, to the best extent that, that we've retained I'm also a big fan of the Gnostic Gospels because, um, to me, that's where the true knowledge is. Is is what did Christ say? What did my ascended Master say? Uh, what did, if you consider him the Savior of the world, say? Uh, I think he's the Savior of the world, not because of that finite timeline, but because that entity is continually coming in to rescue people from the Matrix. And that, to me, is why I want to follow him and not just follow him, but embody him and let him work through me continually and all the time. Not in some high and mighty way that the Lord's working through me. Like, I'm talking about the genuine, I try every day to step closer towards that deeper esoteric understanding of what he was really saying and strip away all my doctrine and dogma and limiting beliefs. Uh, a vessel says not truth. If you believe Yahweh is the most high, 
you have made your choice repent that's why i'm saying go watch i i do not believe yahweh is the most high a vessel and please understand what i talk about before you enter the chat if you go over to my channel i've got tons of videos talking about yahweh is not the father of christ that murderous entity is not the father of my master my ascended master the one that i am embodying the one that i am joining the consciousness of every day because those ideals do not align and so please go watch that please understand what i do here and we can have a great open conversation I guess everything is bigger in Texas, uh, especially stupidity and cognitive dissonance. Hey, absolutely. Welcome. You're in the best place for that. Uh, Andrea says, whoa. Um, Jesus slash Yeshua. Absolutely. So what I'm talking about today is breaking away from ignorance and cognitive dissonance. Things that we try to prove to ourselves because we want to believe them rather than we're actually experiencing them. So if we can break away from that for a minute, that's why I read the Bhagavad Gita. That's why I read the Holy Bible. That's why I'm reading uh, the Gospel of Thomas. I've got the Tibetan Book of the Dead over here. Uh, I've got the Upanishads. I've got the Dhammapada. I've got um, a Sefer Bible and the Lexicon to go with it. Uh, I've got so many beautiful spiritual books, all of which are trying to say the same thing that we're a part of God. We're a part of God. And that's why I believe Christ came to share with us. And so these, these questions, these deeper questions, are something that we absolutely have to ask. That's part of the human experience. Unfortunately, a lot of people ask them quietly, and then they internalize them, and then they turn that into addictions, fear, doubt, anxiety, depression, anger, lust, being lost, hunger for money and power and fame. They do all these things because they're not honest about the actual questions they have. Catherine Grace, God bless you for following. Thank you very much. Appreciate you being here. Uh, Colossus says, if our body is made of sin and our spirit is to be righteous, how can we know, uh, faith and not sin? That's a good question. And that's a deep question. That's an existential question for sure. Um, I think we can transcend the flesh while we're in it. I think by activating our chakras, aligning our four yogas, building a better karmic footprint, finding the mind of Christ taking our thoughts, our actions, our emotions, and our energies and wielding them all in the direction of love, light, oneness, unity, and a betterment of our planet and a higher consciousness of truth. And when I say higher consciousness, guys, I'm talking about the thing that I get to experience in little bits. I'm not, I'm not some ascended yogi or master or anything. I get little pieces of this where I find that bliss. I find that bliss that's so deep that it brings me to tears, that it actually vibrates my body. And I'm starting to practice this. It's exhausting, by the way. I see why Christ had to be alone. I see why he had to meditate and fast. I also see why he had to meet with friends and eat a lot. You know, they had these big meals and stuff together. You know, you hear a lot about that. 
not just the last supper, but they were always eating together, communing, breaking bread together. This idea of community, you know, it's all about exchanges of energy. We are energy. Catherine says, amen and truth. Thank you very much. I appreciate you, Catherine. Uh, maybe they do it because life is limited to our biological process. Absolutely. We do have these biological processes and fasting is one of those things. I'm not an expert on it, but I know that, you know, when I do fast from different things, it helps me reset parts of myself, uh, not just mentally, but even like this biological thing where my appetite can change. My sense of smell and taste can change. Uh, I can help, you know, if I've got headaches and stuff, I had headaches for like, I don't know, two months and I finally started taking vitamins again. And now my headaches went away and I'm like, and then I was really struggling with allergies. Well, that kicked my allergies too. This is not health advice, by the way, I'm telling you what I did. Um, and so it was like, whoa, okay. So it's like, what are we missing? What are we getting too much of? What is that balance? And these are all, again, these are all existential things because we want to live well while we're here. Right. But we also want to understand the beyond. And for some of us, and if you're here on this channel, you're probably watching that bird flitter through the window with the story I just read about the hall and the time of King Arthur and the fire roaring and the snow outside and the, the bird flying in and out of the window. And you wonder, where did the bird come from? Where did it go? That's like life. And some people in life, they're here for such a short time and we wonder what happened to them. Some people are still on this planet and they're so bitter and you wonder, why are they here? Why haven't they figured it out? What's going on? I have people like that in my life and I don't understand the the bitterness that sets in in older years. And I've known a lot of people that are that are older that have this beautiful bliss and sanctity of life. Are you mixing the metaphysical with the teaching of Christ? Absolutely. There's no there's no mixing. It's that's what he taught. I mean, you know, read the Gnostic Gospels, read, uh, I'm reading the Bhagavad Gita now, uh, go read the, the Gospels. I'm not talking about Acts and Romans and all of the new church stuff, and I'm not talking about Old Testament stuff. I'm talking about the Gospels of where the words of Christ are, the esoteric words that make no sense to the common ear or the common eye, but that when you experience them and you activate on them, you start to find spiritual fruit of the highest order and it is life-changing on that level spiritual beings having a human experience amen absolutely Catherine. amen um i think it's just callous life experiences that's definitely possible uh colossus uh pause says pathways in our brain absolutely synapses connecting uh you know that's a big thing you know and again we look at cognitive bias and we we want to see and experience things that we believe, right? But again, we've talked more about the quantum side of that. And when we actually interact with something, it actually becoming real. We know like manifesting, we're starting to understand more of those techniques, more of the nature of what we can actually do as humans. Uh, and it borderlines on the magic when we actually look into it, especially the ancient cultures and their experience of transcendental meditation uh alignment of the chakras balancing of the yogas the karmic footprint uh, all of those things and understanding that we are inherently light beings in a flesh body 
um, and that we can transcend that in our every day. Why do we not do that in the West? Why is it so easy for us to go to this place and go, well, that person believes that because they just want to, and that's they're full of crap. Well, because here in the West, we, we work 10 hours, 12-hour days now, and we've got this society that's built on the beat. And if you actually slow that beat down, even hip-hop music, and this is no no offense to anyone and respect to everybody, but for real, guys, like hip-hop music and heavy rock and stuff has a driving beat that is a lot faster. And it's like a metronome that puts us in this trance. And if you actually slow that down, if you think about a Native American drum beat, You guys hear that? Like already, uh, that relaxed me already. That's going to put us in a much different state. And so even when we listen to things like that, it changes our psyche. It changes the way we can receive things like this. We're always put in this driving mode because we are machinery for the system. Everyone wants to talk about this beast system. They're waiting on a mark on their hand or a mark on their head. And guys, I'm here to tell you it's already been here. And you're already serving it with your mind or your actions already, already. And, and am, I, am I telling everyone to go quit their job? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying for me, I had to go through a big period of loss in my life to figure out what was really, thank you guys for the hearts. I appreciate that. To find out what was really, really important, guys. And it hurt a lot. It hurt a lot. But here I am. Uh, Kimberly says, I questioned the ticking of my kitchen clock. I'm glad it broke. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, there's probably a deep message in that too. You know, uh, you start questioning things and then maybe the answer will come. Maybe that will quit bothering you. Maybe you can transcend that into a better question. Talking about better questions. Catherine says, same brother. Thank you very much, Catherine. Humble King of Kings says, yep, ready for a bounce back now. Amen. Absolutely. So, I mean, here we are. We're we're all here together. We're all going through our own stuff, and we're all thinking about this on some level, especially around Halloween. You drive by, you're going to see tombstones in people's yards. I mean, even the pastor's got a tombstone in his yard right now, right? You know, and I'm not, again, no no demonization of the holiday or anything. There's too many people doing that. I'm not here to do that. I'm saying take the signs around you and let's dig into what that really means. What, why does that bother us so much from dust to dust? Because we identify ourselves as this. We don't look in the mirror and go, I'm eternal. I'm a being of light. I am God. And if you can't go that far to say you're God, then you can go at least as far to say I'm part of God. He made me. At least go there and you start to break out of the shell that we've all been put in of go, 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 go. Most of us get up before the sun is up and get home when the sun is down. We spend the best part of the day locked in a room trying to do our job, trying to please people that would replace us in two weeks. We spend our whole lives trying to buy better bread, better cereal, better things that are killing us anyway. And we don't stop. We don't take an extra day off. We don't take a walk in the woods to question 
why. And we surround ourselves with belief systems and religious systems. Again, all respect to everyone, but I've been there. I've been on that side of it, trying to justify things in the Old Testament and the New Testament and other ideas I've heard and all this stuff rather than look at the common thread. There's a common golden thread that runs through everything. And there's a beautiful idea that there is one truth by many names, one God by many names. All rivers lead to the ocean. Now, am I saying go do whatever you want to do and you'll eventually find God? No, I'm not talking about that. Those of us that are really serious, we really seek. We're really willing to give up anything. We are will, willing to read any of these texts and look for ancient masters and ancient wisdom to try to find a deeper, more ancient part of ourselves and connect with something bigger and more divine than anything we're shown on TV or movies or within our friends. If you're not having these conversations with your friends, you need to get a different friend group. Catherine says the father and I are one. I am. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why do you think he came to say that? Why do you think he was the son of man? I'm a son of a man. You're the son of a man. Science isn't that far yet where we're the son of a robot yet. So right now we're all sons and daughters of some man and some woman somewhere or two men and two women, depending on wherever you come from. Again, no judgment here. I'm just saying we're all son of the human. The human. He said, I'm the son of man. He said, the son of man will be lifted up. You're a son of man too. He also said, I've come to make you sons and daughters of the most high God. He talked about his father. When he was on the cross, he cried out, Eli, Eli, meaning the most high God. He was speaking with El the most high God. He wasn't talking to the extraterrestrial gods that people were serving for thousands of years. And whether you believe they were actual extraterrestrials or just idols, that's totally up to you. But I think we see a lot in the old Testament text that they were quite extraterrestrial, quite full of fire and brimstone and darkness. Yahweh said, I dwell in darkness. Yet Jesus said, the Father is light, and in him is no darkness at all. There's a contrast there, guys, and we've been told that they're one and the same when the truth is right there in front of our eyes. Blindingly right in front of our eyes, brighter than any sun, and once you see it, you can't imagine how you weren't illuminated before. And the goal of all of this, guys, is you think about this cradle-to-grave ideology and as we go through the Halloween season and you look at that grave to realize that the being inside of you is pure light, pure light. And I propose that we let that being out to play more often rather than trying to do better things in the flesh. Let's meditate. Let's walk in the woods. Let's pray. Let's think. Let's fast. Let's honor. Let's praise. Let's write music. Let's share joy. Let's serve others. Eva says, yes, that's how I see it. Uh, Yahweh is the devil. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> that's become kind of a micro popularity like here on TikTok. But there's just not a lot of people doing it. 
and a lot of people spoke out against it. But again, I've done enough research to have a ton of verses, cross referenced verses. And if you go back and watch my Yalda Bayoth, the Beast God video, it's part two. Go watch part two. It's pinned on my YouTube channel now. Jacob Cooker, Cub in parentheses over on YouTube. Um, go check that out. It's over at cubcooker.com. You can just click on the YouTube icon. But that video goes deep into it. I mean, with like, I think it's proof. For me, it is. I mean, I, I don't see. And to me, that fixes so many of the problems I had with my faith growing up. And it finally reconciled to me that, hey, this thing that I've been talking to, this entity, this friend, was real and was loving and did always give me what I needed and did always protect me and provide for me and go before me. And all of these things, it wasn't this heavy hand like you see in the Old Testament. And everybody says, oh, well, God changed when he had a son because humans change. Well, quit making him human. And start making yourself more divine. That's my message for today. I want to end it on that. Quit trying to make God human and start trying to make yourself more divine. I love you guys. Thank you for being here. Thank you for all the questions. Good stuff today. Even the stuff that you know gets me riled up, gets me thinking. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. You really, you know, this is this was a good conversation. A vessel, great stuff. Thank you. Pause. Thank you. Good, good thought provoking stuff here. Catherine Grace, thank you. Alexa, thank you for being here. Kimberly, 777-777, what's up? Thank you for being here. Uh, 74 Leathercraft, thank you for being here. Night Mystic, what's up? Thank you for being here. God bless you guys. Have a beautiful day. Like I said, if you want to get 40% off right now and you like my artwork, you can go hit up my website and check out uh, all the cool merch. We've got some really, really sweet merch over there on the website. Um, and you can use the coupon code. I think it is going to be, I think this is it. I hope that's it. Yeah. Clearance. Uh, oh, clearance. Okay. I better go change that. I'm going to go change it to clearance right now. That's actually what it is, but, uh, I'll change it to clearance. So remember you're divine. Be divine. Quit trying to make God human. Make yourself more divine. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, Kate Coloso says, appreciate the work you do. Thank you. Thank you guys. Appreciate you guys being here. Fancy Pants, thanks for joining. I'm going to go play this afternoon. I'm going to go let my inner light being out. Go play. Have a good time. Enjoy the sunshine. and go Enjoy God's creation. We may be in a physical matrix, but I see God in everything. And I see God in you. I love you guys. Peace. <laughs>